Streams. This is episode three. Um, it's kind of delayed a little bit because of the Christmas weekend. It was a little more busy than I expected it to be. I didn't plan on getting into any of the festivities, but I did. Obviously, uh, pretty cool weekend and all of that. Um, successful weekend, I would say. The kids is happy. Everybody's happy. Family get-togethers and all of that. Good food. Um, and we made it through. Um, this is episode three, like I said. Um, I'll say um, this this week, I had something on my mind. I had added to the list a long time ago, just kind of a cliche topic, kind of a common topic to talk about. But it was just like the concept of like money buying happiness. And I don't recall the exact thing that made me want to talk about that. I'm sure it was something because that's usually how I come up with my ideas for the the topic list that I have in my phone, but, um, you know, it doesn't really matter. I just wanted to talk about the concept and I think it applies to this time of year when people are spending more money than they will probably will all year. You know, probably the most they'll spend in a, you know, for a day of any other day in the weekend. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's black Friday. Maybe it's something else, but regardless, um, I just wanted to talk about that concept a little bit. If you if you would be so inclined, like, comment, and definitely share um, this video, the videos before it, just so I can um, gain a little more traction, man. Because this is I don't understand this YouTube stuff, the algorithm. It, it it escapes me. I have no idea, but you know, whatever. I've got a a, a nice amount of good feedback from quite a few people telling me that they they enjoy these types of things that I do and um, about the last video in particular people said that I was I motivated them to do more to try at the time and that's really all I'm doing this for Um, I'm not necessarily trying to be a motivational speaker but I'm really just speaking about whatever it is that's on my mind like I said Um, I don't write scripts for this. this is something else I wanted to say I don't write scripts for these videos or nothing. I don't take notes. I ponder an idea, a concept, a philosophy, and then I just plan to do a monologue about it off the top because I want it to be natural. So because of the nature of the way that I do these videos, I imagine that that means um, that some videos will probably be better than others. You know, some days I'll have more organized thinking Another days I'll be all over the place, you know, because it's it's natural, it's real, and I'm okay with that, you know, that that dynamic. I'm okay with that, you know, fluctuation of quality or whatever you want to call it. It's just real. I don't want to, I don't want to be scripted. I just don't. I do think that eventually, I might take advantage of like taking notes about certain things so that I can remember certain bullet points that I want to cover, but. I know for this particular topic, there is no, there are no bullet points at the at the moment. So let's get into it. I guess. Um, 
So the concept of money buying you happiness, you know, obviously there's a um, a school of thought and an entire, like, half of the population that would thinks that that would think that you um, cannot buy money with happiness, and obviously the opposing the opposing side of that ar- that argument. Um, I don't really know how I feel about it. I've been in positions where um, I've had lots of money. And I can say, thinking back to those times, I was very happy because it, and, and it's not necessarily about the money. It's more so about the freedom that comes with the money. You know, it's like it allows you to do so many things. When you're broke, you know, as anybody who's been broke, you can understand that when you get an idea to do something or to, you know, whether it be a passion project or just something you want, a video game, a movie, a, a car, or whatever, if you have the money to get it, you'll probably be, probably be very happy if you could just get that idea and go and get it, right? You could just get it. It makes you happy. That's why black people are real boastful. I don't, I, I'm only speaking about black people because that's my culture. I'm not saying other races don't do it. But my people, they get real boastful and real braggy and real loud during the tax season because it's a time where people have, you know, extra funds that they didn't have just a month prior. And they can do a lot of things that they didn't necessarily, they couldn't necessarily do uh, any other time of the year, you know. And for a lot of poor people, people that that are normally poor, that is, you know, that's a great time of year. That's our Christmas because we get, you know, a big lump sum of money. Be going, you know, a lot of people go to vacations, and then you look at like, right? You look at COVID and how. Oh well, maybe I should bleep that out. I'm gonna bleep that out. You look at the year 2020 and how there was money being doled out to everybody. You know, we were getting paid on a two-week basis. Anybody who who Filed for unemployment. I am self-employed, so I was allowed to um, file for unemployment. And it was like an almost like an unplanned stimulus that lasted for a year and a half or two years or something like that. And a lot of people was doing a lot of things that they normally couldn't do, you know, it certainly seemed a lot happier. And it allowed people, like I said, to do a lot of things that they couldn't normally do. A couple of weeks ago, I was having a conversation in the studio with some of my clients. And I've been losing my voice, too. I don't know why, but I've been losing my voice. Uh, so bear with me. But I was having a conversation with, with a couple of my clients, excuse me. And we were talking about the concept of uh, reparations, right? We were talking about the concept of res- reparations and it started out as a conversation about like native people and how black people were natives. And then we were talking about how that if America ever were to have a conversation about what is truly owed to native people and Africans that were enslaved here and so on and so forth, 
that it would be a really deep conversation. It would be much deeper than people think about because of all the things that we've had our hands on, our hands in creating the inventions that were stolen, the patents that were stolen from us, the, you know, the equity that we deserve based on the work that we put into these foundational things that basically built America as we know it today, right? And we were talking about all the millions and millions and millions of dollars that each individual black American would be owed, right? And then that turned into a conversation about how it wouldn't solve our fundamental problems. It wouldn't solve us at our core. Reparations would literally do nothing. Well, I won't say nothing, but it would do little to heal our mental health. You know, and if you, it's like, I don't know. It's like, okay. Say if there was somebody with a gambling addiction and you decided you wanted to be their savior and go and give them, you know, they they squandered everything, they ruined their lives, lost their wife, got separated from their family, lost their home, homeless now because of a gambling addiction, right? You cannot just go pick up that gambling addict and give him, say if you just say, I'll, I'll give you a million dollars to restart your life, get you a house, buy you some clothes, go get you a career. But you have not addressed the issue at its core that led him to where he is in the first place. Like, I don't think the solution for homelessness, say like if you was to go to Skid Row in L.A., the, the solution for that is not to just go and give a bunch of people money. Sure, it would probably save and help a lot of those people that live there because some people are homeless simply because of misfortunes, you know, bad luck, you know, and a lot of those people, they might have the sense to be able to take that money and, and actually turn their lives around. But a lot of homeless people are not homeless because they just don't have money. A lot of people are homeless because they are mentally sick or they prioritize things incorrectly or they don't know. Um, a lot of people are homeless because they want to be homeless. And that's a fact. I've heard that from homeless people. You know, they would rather live that life because it's nomadic. It almost feels freeing. It almost feels freeing to be homeless. You, ha you are not bound to anything. That's the way that they think. I don't understand that. But the issue is not money. The issue is a way of thinking. It's a school of thought. It's a... It's a way of viewing things that leads people to a certain uh, position. And that goes for people that aren't homeless. That goes for some of my neighbors. A lot of, the, a lot of these people, they're not, um, a lot of these people are not in the positions that they're in because they are not capable of achieving higher they're in these positions. A lot of these people are drug dealers or a lot of these people are just habitual losers. And it's not because they were not given opportunity. It's not because there is not tools and money available to them. It's because they don't know what to do with it. They prioritize things that is not important and is not um, uh, conducive to a better life. It's a, it's a, it's a, sickness i i mean arguably it, it's a sickness in some regards like let, let's just say you took somebody who uh was like 
a shoe collector. They're a shoe collector, right? Now, if you're a shoe collector and you prioritize collecting shoes over like a steady home life or like providing for your children, which there's a lot of people like that. It could be shoes. You could interchange the shoes for whatever you want. It could be guns. It could be drugs. It could be gambling, like I said earlier, right? You know, the thinking that these shoes are more important than paying your bills, paying your paying your 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 DT bill for your gas and your electricity, or it's more important than paying off your credit card. You know, that's something that has to be addressed internally. That's something that has to be taught. It has to be something that you feed their soul to fix the problem. Money cannot buy happiness in that regard. You know, money can certainly give you some sort of temporary or almost like immediate satisfaction. Because like I said, when I've had large sums of money, it certainly raised my spirits. You know, a lot of the down thoughts that I've had that I've been fighting with my entire life, they sort of subside a little bit. Because, I mean, I don't know if it's due to the fact that you can distract yourself with more things because you have more money. You can go, like I said, you can vacation. You can go out and, you know, you see something shiny, you could just cop it. You go to Best Buy and say, look, I want this TV. I want that. I want this. I want a new iPhone. All of those things. You know, those things are cool and they do satisfy us. But those things do not fix um, the core problem, bro. You know, the way that we prioritize things in our lives and the way that we organize things in our lives is all based on the way that we think and the way that we're taught and the things that we have seen. So while money does make you happy immediately when you have it, you know, for a poor, for a poor person to hear the, the term uh, or to, to hear the question, can money buy you happiness? And a lot of a lot of people who are in rough situations be like, hell yeah, because all it take, you know, if I had $100,000 right now, I could fix this, that, that. I'd pay off these credit cards and get me a new car and fix up my house and I'd be happy. But it's like if happiness eludes you because of those things, you know, then you can argue the philosophy. One, what is happiness? And two, maybe you're viewing the you're viewing what happiness is incorrectly. You know, that's like the whole Buddhist philosophy and like monks, you know, they detach from the world and they they live lives where they don't need uh, they don't need material things. They don't need tangible things to be happy. It's almost like your spirit is all that matters and this world is just nothing but a game. It's like a distraction. So it's like happiness should not be hinged upon whether or not you have the money to do the things that you listed. Happiness should be something that you carry within you regardless of what's going on around you. You know, it's like the faith argument. You know, they say, I saw a post recently that said, like, how could you believe in God, but you're still worried about everything? You know, and that 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 speaks to the the idea that if you do believe in God and you trust in God, then you know that everything will work out and everything will play out as it should play out. And we almost have no control or no say-so in that. You know, that's a, that's a religious take, you know, so is the Buddhist monk 
That's their take. The, the way that they view the world is their religious outlook. You know, it is based, it is steeped in religion. But there's still something to learn from both of those approaches. You know, should happiness be connected to what you have or don't have? Or is happiness something that you should be able to, it's almost like an infinite well that you should be able to pull from. When the world is burning around you, you should be able to be at peace regardless. And that's something that I try to practice. I think a lot of us try to practice that. But it's easier said than done, obviously. Because when the world around you is burning and that puts your kids at risk, how happy can you be? You know, but there's a way to, there's a, there's always a positive side to everything. You know, just to be 100% fair, there's a, there's a positive side to everything. Everything. You know, I've heard people that have spent quarters or half of their life in prison talk about how they're glad they went to prison because maybe it, it actually rehabilitated, rehabilitated them and stopped their behavior or showed them a reason to be appreciative of life itself. You know? And, and that's, that's something that you have to stumble upon. It's like you have to stumble upon the lesson to teach you why, like, or how to be appreciative of the small things. It's almost like life has to humble you in that way. People that did not necessarily have to struggle and have been through almost nothing, right? And say they were like a wonderkins and they rise to fame, or they rise to wealth with relatively uh, little, you know, very little stumbles along the way, right? It might be harder for them to appreciate what they have achieved and what they do have, tangibly or otherwise. It's like, you know, with... With, without the struggles, you almost have no context. You have no comparison. And you almost have no reason to be appreciative, you know, in your mind, because you don't know what it's like to be on the other side of that. Say if you were born rich. That's why a lot of athletes take the approach, like, I'm not giving my kids anything, you know, unless they work for it. That's what Shaq says. Because if you're just born into it and it's like a given, how can you appreciate it if you've never known what it's like to not have it? You know what I'm saying? So a poor person, a person that's truly been through something, it can have two effects. I've seen it myself. We've all seen it. A poor person coming into wealth, it can make them lose their minds and they'll just spin frivolously because they're like, it's almost like a trauma response. It's like, I've never had anything, so now I want everything. Right? Or... If you're humbled enough, if you maybe you're mentally mature enough and emotionally mature enough, if you come from nothing and then you have a lot or everything, it'll make you be like, well, I'm going to be extremely careful because I never want to go back to where I just came from. You know what I'm saying? I think happiness lies in the, the, the way you think. So... I guess ultimately what I'm arriving upon is that my thought is that money cannot necessarily buy happiness. It could provide temporary happiness, and I can speak from experience. You know, it felt good to walk into the dealership and give them, um, you know, a nice amount of money to get the car that I wanted. I've done that. Uh, it felt good to walk into Best Buy and buy like a $1,000 TV and not even have to like think twice about that. 
It felt good to buy all of this equipment that I'm sitting around. You know, it feels good to be able to do these things. Um, you know, I went on vacation with lump sums of money before and been like, you know, I'm here and I have no worries. I can get whatever I want. I stay, you know, I stayed in a beachfront hotel, all of these things, you know, those are, those are happiness inducing things. But another thing that I found out was that you can be in those situations where you have the world in front of you and you, you can reach out and grab anything you want. And internally, you can still be struggling with something that is killing you inside. It could be insecurity. I've seen rich men with little man complexes. You know, you don't even like yourself. Money is not going to fix you because you're fucked up on the inside. That's not something money can necessarily fix. Or it's like how they say, you know, no amount of money can unlame a lame nigga. It don't matter what you got. You know, you lame on the inside. Your money is not going to fix that shit. Because money is just a material that you can touch. You know what I'm saying? Money is not going to fix, you know, it's not going to smarten up a dummy. You know, not necessarily. In theory, that's not how it works. So, you know, like I've been places and been unhappy. I mean, here I am as an American sitting in a room full of value. And I find myself to be unhappy sometimes. You know, we all do, especially Americans. Because essentially, for a long time, for a large chunk of recent history, we have sat at the top of uh, the financial food chain. You know, we it can be debated now that we might not be there anymore. But regardless, we're still at the top somewhere. Or anybody that lives in Western civilization in general, you know, the way that things are conducted over here are not necessarily the way things are conducted in the Middle East or even the Far East where they encroach on people's lives much more frequently and much more intensely and much more, in, you know, invasively. Like, it's, it's, it's night and day compared to the way that we live lives here. We get to openly uh, criticize our political leaders without being hung from a tree or, you know, uh, you know, Things can happen anywhere in the world, but, you know, as Americans, we kind of take for granted the freedoms that we do have. It's not perfect. There's no such thing as perfect anywhere in this world. But we certainly have a lot of freedoms and liberties that other people do not have. You know what I'm saying? It's just facts. And it cannot it cannot be debated. You know, and a lot of times we find ourselves complaining about things and I agree with it for two, one reason. You know, complaining is what gets us to better places politically and in terms of society. You know, we should not let anything slide. That's why we complain. You know, so it's like it's, if we don't complain and we become quiet and we, we just become subservient and we don't, we don't point out every, everything that went wrong, you know, if we don't do that, then it's like we start letting the the goalposts move on its own. 
So it's like every time that we see something we don't like or we see something that we want to change as a society, it's almost like complaining almost leads to a better society, honestly. You know, rioting, that's what they're doing in Paris right now. You know, it's like when you see something you don't like, it's almost our civic duty to, like, complain about it. So, you know, I don't I don't necessarily think it's wrong that as Americans we complain, but it's like from the rest of the world's perspective, the things that we complain about, they're like, man, that ain't shit. You complain about not having, like, clean buses or, like, the road, there's a pothole, you know, that's been here for a while. Meanwhile, in Beirut, shit is blowing up every week. You know how I many videos I've seen of shit blowing up in Beirut to this day? You know what I'm saying? Or like people in the Middle East that are just like being murdered and the world doesn't give a fuck at all. The things that has happened in Egypt in the last decade, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Turkey, wherever you can think of. The things that are going on in India, right? They look at America and our complaints. It's like, y'all not happy with all of that shit. Y'all got infrastructure. Boy, I went to Mexico in 2021. I ain't never in my life seen nothing like that. And it put perspective on my own life. Like, I've never had to live in those conditions. And I come from a very, like, we live in Detroit. Like, I'm from Detroit. Right now, Detroit is one of the poorest places. You know, it might have moved up the list a little bit. I don't know. But at one point in time, they said Detroit was like the poorest major city in America. You know, I, I, don't, I don't really, I, I'm, I'm not tooting that horn as like a bragging point, but I'm just saying for perspective, like, in America, at, at some point, me living here my whole life, it was considered the poorest big city in America, right? Even Detroit is miles and miles ahead of what I saw in Mexico last year. I've never seen anything that poor, bro. Every, dirt, every road is a dirt road down there. It's all dusty, dirty, undeveloped. You know, it's nothing like anything I've ever experienced. And these people, that is their norm. That's their norm. And that's not to say there's not beautiful parts of Mexico, because of course there are. But I'm talking about the threshold. It's like the level of poor that I saw in Mexico, in Riviera Maya and in Cancun, where there is wealth. But outside of the wealth, you know, it's like Beverly Hills and then L.A. It's like we we draw that comparison a lot. It's almost like tantalizing for Beverly Hills to be right above L.A. where people are suffering and dying every day, right? But it's like even that, the distance between those two things is very minuscule because Beverly Hills, yeah, there's big houses, a lot of money. There's cars that you will never see in a poor neighborhood, you know, the schools are better. The food is better up there. And then a few miles away, you got L.A. where it's essentially like a food desert in some places. It's not as many opportunities. People ain't driving nice cars. The houses are small. Not a lot of income. 
But in comparison to like the rest of the world, very minuscule difference between Beverly Hills and LA is still LA. The roads are still paved. There's still a lot of freedoms that they are afforded in LA. But then you go to Mexico. I saw mansions and I saw a bin store where the cars are 150,000, 200,000 in that store. But then right across the street, it's like dilapidated houses made out of like raw materials. Like the, the distance between wealth and poverty in Mexico is far, like huge. Like the rich people, like I don't know how you could even be rich in Mexico because it seems like the poor people would just murder you it, because the distance between wealth and poverty is so large. I'm trying to tell you. And traveling gives you that perspective. It allows you to see how other people live. And that's, you know, that's a gift in within itself because it allows you to go back home with a newfound sense of appreciation for everything that you do have. You know what I'm saying? You know, you could travel and you can go somewhere where it's much nicer than where you come from. And it'll come, you know, like I went to France and I, I came back home like, I got to get it. Like, I got to do something that allows me to, like, be that, you know. But then I went to Mexico and it made me come home like, sheesh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got it good, bro. Air conditioning and heating and, you know, in my house. I could just press a button and make my house warm. There's places in the world that's not that far from where I'm sitting where you cannot do that. If you want to be cool, you got to go jump in a motherfucking lake. I don't want to live like that. You know what I'm saying? Not, in, not as, you know, I don't know nothing else. I'm an American. You know, I'm privileged in a lot of ways, my guy. You know, and that's not to undermine all the ways that I am uh, wronged as a black man in this country, but I'm just saying, it's just facts. You know, so just to wrap this back around to what I was starting off talking about is that happiness is perspective it has nothing to do with money you know it has something to do with appreciating what you have because if there are people that live in mexico in poverty that could be happy and i'm an american living in a house in front of a paved road you know where they come get my garbage every seven days they come and pick up my garbage for free i mean it's not technically free but I don't have to pay that when they come get my garbage. Like, I put things on the curb and they disappear. All I have to do is roll the can out there and then a few hours later, go back out there and put the can back. There's places in the world where they, they don't do that shit. You know, happiness is about perspective. And it has nothing to do with money. You know, you see those videos of like African kids with no shoes dancing in undeveloped, like, I don't know what you, villages. Like, they're undeveloped. There's no roads. There's no sidewalks. There's no infrastructure. They have to hike five miles to get a pail of water for their family every morning type shit. And they can be happy. You see videos of them dancing with no shoes on, and they're smiling from ear to ear. And then we over here, where you could just put your trash on the curb and it disappears. 
and water flows through your house like fucking magic. And we still angry enough to be killing each other and be unhappy. You know, it don't got shit to do with money. As Americans, even the poorest American is richer than, like, most of the world. Even a homeless motherfucker in America is almost better off than a person who has a house in some of these third world countries. And that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? As Americans, we are living in money. Just being a poor person in America, you still have the infrastructure available to you that was built with money. You know, like as a poor person in New York, I've heard people say this. They'll just get enough money to get on a train and then they'll get on a train and they'll ride that train all day back and forth from the end of the line to the other end of the line just to have somewhere to sleep and be warm. Think about that. You're homeless, but you're homeless in a place that has infrastructure that will allow you to escape the elements and nobody would even bat an eye at that. You know, I'm not saying, you know, they there's officers that tell them to get the fuck off the train, but I'm saying even the fact that you have this stuff around you as a homeless poor person shows you that you're like still living within wealth as a homeless person versus a person who was homeless in Africa or an African country that is undeveloped and that is poor. They don't have a subway to get on. It's a totally different set of circumstances. Here, if I was homeless in Detroit, I would just get on the DOT and ride that motherfucker in circles until the bus driver was like, hey, you got to get off. And a lot of times they probably won't. You know, I get a dollar fifty or whatever the bus costs. I ain't rode the bus in I don't know how long. But if the bus, it might be two something, whatever. You know, I can go take enough bottles to the store to get that to get on the bus. I get a transfer, and if the bus driver tell me to get the fuck on, you know what I'm saying? I'll just get on another bus. You know, whatever, whatever it takes. But the infrastructure is available to you as a poor person. You know, it's just facts. So, happiness is about perspective, not money. You know, if I can be in a poor country that has nothing in it, no infrastructure in it, and be happy, then surely I can find happiness wherever I'm at in the world just with a change of thinking. You know? So, I don't know. That's my rant. That's my take on this subject. I'm done. I don't think I have anything else to say. If you're listening to this and you've made it all the way to this point, I really appreciate you. I'm going to keep doing this. I don't have as many views as I want, but I'm going to keep on cranking out content because um, I enjoy doing this. You know what I'm saying? And I like, I do this anyway. I do it anyway, even without the camera. I do this on my own. So thank you for making it this far and listening to everything I have to say. I appreciate all the feedback that I've gotten from a lot of my friends and followers and you know, strange, even strange, some of them strangers that I don't really know for real. But I appreciate that. And uh, I'm going to try to keep cranking these out. Um, please, for me, please like this video just because I want to see what it does to to my algorithm. The video just stopped again. But we're going to keep rolling. Um, whatever. There's going to be blank spots in the video. This camera is, is tripping out. But... Uh, yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like the video. Please share it with people. If you have a 
thought about it and you have a disagreeing a, 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 a ideology about the things that I'm talking about or you want to invoke discussion between you and your mans, send this shit to them. You know what I'm saying? Share the link and start having a conversation. You know what I'm saying? That's really what I like doing this for because it does start, starts conversation. I've seen people, you know, type little paragraphs out in the comment section on my Instagram and I love that because it, it shows that at least I'm like invoking thought with my thoughts because I'm only doing this because it feels good to flush these thoughts out of my head. I walk around all day with these things floating around in my head. Sometimes I think out loud. Sometimes I get in the car and I turn my music off and just talk to myself. But doing it in this format, it at least presents the idea to people and allows them to sort of bounce back ideas to me. Also, another idea that I had was if you have something that you want me to talk about, you know, if you know whoever you might be, just tell me that. DM me, text me, call me, comment that shit, and, you know, I'll consider talking about it depending on what it is, but I want to engage with whoever is engaging with me, though. I don't want this to feel like a, a wall that you're staring at. I want it to feel like more interactable. I want you to... I want you to think about this as a, an opportunity to talk or to trade ideas or to present your ideas or to change the way that you think or whatever it, it might invoke in you. So don't be afraid to holler at me. You know what I'm saying? I do talk back. You know, I didn't respond to a lot of the comments because I'm trying to be more hands-off with my Instagram. I kind of want to just put the stuff out there and let it be, you know, but hit me up. You know, and I'll respond to the comments whenever I am urged to. But a lot of times, just I just like to let that be a space where people can talk without my input. I already put the video up. I'll let y'all do the talking in the comments. But hit me up if you actually want to have a conversation with me. I am not opposed to that. So thank you so much for making it to this point. Um, another episode down, bro. I'll let you. Never with the young shit niggas was quick to call me lame. Tables turning, bridges burn, it's all the same And now we all the age and niggas call me for that game The ones you talk down is your big homies now Depending on the day might find that shit on me